You know, I think one of the biggest things that we as Christians deal with, and it is huge, is temptation. I don't know anybody in this world that hasn't been tempted, and I mean that. We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. But temptation is probably the biggest thing that we as Christians face, and it's because well, the Satan wants us to fall and he wants us to fail and he wants us to do it royally. So he throws these things called temptations in our way and they can be something small like, you know, you tell yourself that you're not going to eat any chocolate and then next thing you know, you're eating a Snickers bar to something huge. And I don't think I need to give any examples of any huge temptations, but they're all something that we fall prey to every day. And if we don't fall prey, they're at least there. And temptation was something that Jesus Christ even had to deal with himself. So we're going to continue our study in the book of Luke, starting Luke chapter four, verse one, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray as we hear these words this morning that, well, we'd be full of them. Lord, I just pray that our ears would be open to hear, our minds be open to interpret, our hearts open to internalize, and our wills open to do. And in, as I always pray, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. So when we last talked about Jesus, Jesus went to be baptized. We talked about how he went to find the sinners and the sinners were repenting of their sins by being baptized by John the Baptist instead of going to where all the quote unquote religious people were hanging out because Jesus was setting the example for his ministry. And now Jesus is right at the beginning of getting ready to do his ministry. He's beginning to start. And how does he start out? By getting away and spending time with God in the wilderness. And he does that by fasting. Now, fasting to some people can be very, very scary because when you think about fasting, the only thing that you think about is giving up food. You know, you always hear about people that fast for 24 hours where they won't eat a thing or they don't drink anything. And and you're like, man, I, I don't have that kind of discipline. I don't think I can do that. Well, unlike Jesus, who did go for 40 days without food, 
we don't have to just fast from food. We can fast from anything. Is there anything that's taking your attention away from, from God? Uh, me personally, right now, I'm right in the middle of a 21-day fast from this game that I play on my computer, and I played it incessantly. It was taking up hours of my day, and I finally said, you know what? I'm done. And on top of that, just the other day, I started a fast from Facebook on my phone. I don't know about you, but with all the stuff going on in our world right now, the last thing I need is to scroll through Facebook and to see everybody's opinions on what's going on in the world. Because honestly, it just depresses me even more. So I decided that I'm going to take the Facebook app off of my phone. I'll still get on it on my computer. I have to because, well, you're watching this on Facebook. But I am not going to be putting myself out there on my phone because that's just a waste of my time right now. And it's stress that I don't need in my life. So fasting is a very important spiritual discipline because what you're doing is you're taking away the things that kind of take precedence in your life and you're giving it to God and you're saying, you know what, in its place, I'm going to put you. So let's say you do give up food. When you start getting hungry, you turn to God in prayer. You spend that time that you would spend doing whatever it is by getting closer to him. So when I'm not playing my, my farm game, I'm probably, I'm researching for these videos. I'm reading books. I'm doing something other than being sucked in to my computer screen. And so I focus more on God. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing. He knew that his ministry was getting ready to start and he needed to center himself. And so that's what he did. He went out in the wilderness to fast and Along comes Satan, who his only job at that point in time was to get Jesus to deny who he was and instead swear allegiance to him. And he did it just like he does to everybody else. He starts out small. He starts out with, I know you're hungry, Jesus. It's been 40 days. I'm sure you're starving right now. But all you got to do is look at, see that rock? See that rock? All you have to do is say the words and it'll become bread. We know you can do it. It's right there in your wheelhouse. That is something that you can do. So just go ahead and do it. Now, I want you one, what I want you to notice is that Satan isn't tempting Jesus with anything that is outside of the realm of possibility. To eat bread isn't wrong. So he's basically looking at, at, at Jesus and going, just, it's okay. Just make a little bread, just a little rock to a little loaf of bread, and it'll satisfy your hunger. It's not wrong, is it? I don't know anything in the scriptures that says that you can't eat bread, but what it's doing is it's, it's taking this purpose and twisting it. Remember, Jesus is fasting, so he's trying to focus on God over food, and Satan is just saying, you know what? I know you're hungry. Put that food, take it and just put it right there in front of God. Just, just pull it out, stick it right there on top of him in the priority list. And basically that's the beginning of how Satan gets you. Think about that for a minute. When he starts to tempt you, does he go all out? Does he go huge? Well, no, he's not going to. You know, for, for people that are, are addicted to, to pornography, you know, pornography is, is a huge sin. 
But it never starts out with, you know, going to that hardcore website or going to whatever it, you know, whatever it is that, that, that sucks you in. It starts out with, oh, look at that picture on Facebook. She's kind of cute, isn't she? Or look how handsome he is. And it begins as a little itty bitty thing that honestly isn't anything out of the realm of, of ordinary for our lives. But then it becomes like building Legos. You know, you start with that one corner block. And from there, it just continues to build and build and build until it's this big, huge thing that's just out of this world. And that's where Jesus started. He started, or I'm sorry, Satan. That's where Satan started is he started small with Jesus. He said, right here, start with this, this little block of taking a rock and making it become bread. And when Jesus deflected him on that one, well, then he took him up to a very high place and he, he showed him all the world. And he said, see all of this? All you have to do is worship me. That's all you got to do. And all of this will be yours. He, he's basically looking at Jesus and he's saying, look, I know who you are. I know what your status is. You are the son of God. Now think about this for a minute. The son of God has all of that already. That's all his, but he's just got to wait for it. And what Satan is saying is, I can give it to you right now. Satan loves that word, instant grat or two words, instant gratification. He loves that because he knows that we as humans have this really hard time waiting. I think waiting is probably one of the biggest things that I struggle with in my life personally is I can't, I just can't. I become so impatient when it comes to having to wait. And so Satan uses that to his advantage. He goes, I'm going to give it to you now. You don't have to wait. I'm going to give it to you right now. But as we talked about before, waiting is a very important part of our Christian walk. You, if, if we don't have to wait, then we don't appreciate what it is that God gives us. Instead, we're just like, you know what? I got it. Thank you, God. Boom. I don't appreciate it. And it's there that can to easily be squandered. I'm reminded of the um, the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son wanted his inheritance. The father gave it to him. And what did he do? He immediately went out and he squandered it. If he would have waited to get his inheritance like he should have, he probably would have appreciated it more. And so what Satan is saying is, look, I can give this to you now. All you got to do is forget about your father. And worship me. And that's what he likes to do too. He likes to take away that waiting game. But the problem is that God wants us to wait for a reason. Um, when I first started into ministry, I was in a church. I was the pastor of a church. And then a bunch of things in my life changed dramatically. And I know for a fact that I'm now that I should have stopped and said, you know what? I need to take a step back. I need to get my life right. And then I can continue on. I think God was saying, dude, wait a minute. Because I went into it. I jumped head first and a lot of things began to unravel at the exact same time. And I should have waited. I should have waited. I should have got my life together. I should have gotten everything back in order after everything unraveled. But instead, I just continued to push and push and push and push and push. And here I am, three and a half, almost four years later, 
still waiting. I know that God has called me to be a minister somewhere, a pastor in a pulpit at a church somewhere. I feel it, but I should have waited because I'm sure it would have came sooner. But instead God's saying, sorry, man. And that's what Satan was trying to do to Jesus was to get him to blow off God and to just immediately follow him and worship him so that he could have all the power that he wanted right then and there. And then finally, once Jesus said, you know what, that's it. I'm not going to do it. And he deflected him a second time. Well, Satan then took him to the top, to the highest point on the temple. And he basically said, you know what? Jump. If you are the son of God, jump and the angels, they will come and they will rescue you. He's basically saying, if you are who you say you are, prove it. Jesus or Satan is sometimes going to come at us and he's going to use our strengths to get us. Because one of the biggest things that he loves to play on is our pride. And remember that pride is probably the biggest thing that drives a wedge between us and God. And so Satan is saying, excuse me, Satan is saying, listen, you are so good at this. You have all this power. Use it. Use it now. And it's exactly what he did to Jesus. He said, you're the son of man. Jump off this building. Prove to me who you are. And so Satan is sometimes not going to use our weaknesses, although he does like to use our weaknesses. He sometimes comes at us with our strengths by building us up, by stroking our ego a little bit, by saying, hey, you're really good at this. Maybe you should use it to you fill in the blank. But we have to remember is that we need to maintain that humble atmosphere or that humble attitude. We need to remember that our strengths can quickly become our weaknesses, especially if we fall prey to the temptations that Satan likes to throw at us. But I want you to see one more thing about this entire thing, this entire story of Jesus's temptation. How did he deflect Satan? He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Then he says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then he replied with, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Satan, or Jesus is quoting scripture. He's, he's quoting passages from the Jewish scriptures to Satan. Just remember, temptations are going to come at you every day. It's a natural and inevitable part of our Christian life. In fact, if you don't have temptation, I would be really, really worried because it's probably because you're on the wrong side of things. Satan's like, I already got that. I don't need to worry about them. A big, important part of our faith walk with God is being tempted. You know, there's probably a reason why God allowed Satan to tempt Jesus because he knew that he was getting ready to put him in a huge ministry with a huge sacrifice that was going to need to be made. And Jesus was still human as much as he was God. Now, do I think he would have strayed? 
Not at all. But it also sets a really good example for us as we look back on it and we see that even Jesus was tempted. That's why I said that everybody on earth has temptation. All the way back to Adam and Eve. And we see what happened with that temptation. It got us right here in this boat that we're in right now. But if you if you parallel the stories, what you're going to find is that first part with the bread. It's the exact same trick that he used to get Eve. He questioned, He began to make Eve question who God was. And that's exactly what he tried to do to Jesus, is to try to get him to question, why would you come out here for 40 days and be this hungry when you can just turn a rock into bread? And that's what he does for us too. Is he begins to make us question who God really is in our life. He knows that if he can begin to create doubts, then he can begin to overtake. But luckily for us, there's ways out of that temptation. Like I said, read your Bible, memorize scriptures, not just memorize scriptures, but begin to live and breathe the scripture, you know, have them in your head, be ready to just throw them out there at every time. And not just the words, but the meanings behind the words, the emotions behind the words. You know, spend time with, with other Christians, accountability groups. A couple weeks ago, I talked about my best friend, Kevin. He and I hold each other accountable to these temptations that we have in our lives. Because if not, we would probably give in to them. But. to not fall pray to them. So I, I encourage you to, to find other people and to commune with them and to just talk to them and say, this is my struggle. And finally, prayer. Prayer is huge. It's exactly what Jesus went into the wilderness to do was to commune with God for 40 days. And it's huge how when we pray and we begin to build that relationship with God that we find that, yes, we're still tempted, but it's easier and it's easier and it's easier to get over those temptations you know you can do it you can overcome whatever temptation you find yourself in and if you find yourself right now like deep in the throes of sin and temptation stick out a hand reach out to somebody whether it's through us comment section or shoot us a message shoot me a message or an email or reach out to somebody you know a pastor a trusted friend a family member because we can't do it alone all right everybody let's pray father god we are so thankful that you are here even through our temptations Lord, we just pray that you lift us up as we endure those temptations that are sure to happen to us in our faith walk. Father, help us to not just memorize the scriptures, but to live the scriptures in our daily lives and and help us to convene and find someone, anyone, to help us with our walk and commune with us, Lord. Help us to build that relationship with you. I pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right, everybody, we will see you right here 
tomorrow morning for another morning moment. Take care. God bless. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Mission 4110 podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's morning moment. You can connect with us further on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Mission 4110. Also, subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen to our newest messages when they release. For Mission 4110, I'm Jacob Mahaffey. Take care, and God bless.